1: guest with us. Man, I'm so thankful that you are here. If you are a regular with us, I love you. Man, I love this church. I love you guys. So, uh, I'm having a blast. So, here we go. All right, so here's the deal. Um, We're going to start out today, and I'm going to show you like a quick overview of our strategy, a quick overview of what it takes and what it looks like in connection with Jesus. So, this is really helpful information for you Uh, If you're like wondering or new or you don't understand or maybe you've gotten bits and pieces over time. But this strategy is not only biblical, it's practical, it works. So I've seen people come in who have zero church background whatsoever and grown up into be uh, giants of the faith, honestly, uh, through this strategy. I've also seen people come in who have a long, long track record of Christianity of, of knowing christ, you know moved here from another place another church and they as well I've seen grow tremendously. So it works across the board So the very first thing that we want you to understand and do is what we'll call the first steps So this is straight out of the box. You're like, what do I do next? Oh, I'm glad you asked. All right, here we go first steps number one is regular worship regular worship attendance You need to be here You need to be here regularly. So people come in all the time and they're, you know, like, just come back. I mean, that's it, you know, you're just, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes we'll have people come in, and and they'll be like, they came in late, they watched, they didn't participate, they left earlier, and they're like, nothing happened. You're like, really? All right, so I I get it, all right? There's a cumulative effect to the gospel, to you understanding, to you connecting with it. So almost every Christmas and Easter, you'll hear me say, hey, if you're a guest with us, I'm so thankful you're here. Come back for six weeks and watch God work in your life. You need that. It really does have a cumulative effect. So somewhere along the way, number 2 is you will realize the gospel and you will get saved. You will ask Christ into your life. You'll see your own depravity uh, up against His righteousness and holiness, and you will call out to the God of the universe, and He will save your soul. He will set you free. He will bring new life in Christ to you. It's a wonder, uh, so much fun. I love seeing people walk in and walk from death to life, walk from darkness to light. That's what salvation is, and, and, and we see that literally every week at River Valley. It's so cool. So you get saved Number three You get baptized Uh, We are having river baptisms August 4th So much fun Uh, So I love river baptisms uh, And uh, Or excuse me August 14th August 14th Um, And we're doing that And so uh, If you are like I don't do natural bodies of water, I do well chlorinated clean water, we'll do that as well, so no problem, but, but baptism is standing up for your faith, letting people know that number two has happened, that you've gotten saved, that Jesus has come into your life, that's what happens. Now, I want you to be very clear on this, after, there is no step four, really, all right, What I don't want you to think is that Christianity is number 1 through 138, and then you die and go to heaven, all right? Jesus has a plan for you. Jesus has a a unique calling and gifting for you, but you need to learn how to connect with him. So we move from first steps to what we call the connections. We call the connections, uh, or the connections are we love, we grow, we give, we go. We is that we come together in worship. You've already done that if you're doing step one. So you're here regularly. You're hearing the Word of God. He's working in your life. We love. So you, you connect in, a, in a, uh, a community group or, or, a, or a group of, uh, of topics. We have all kinds of topics. So you connect in a group. And through that, you, you get uh, relationships, friendships, those type of things. And so Then, uh, we love, we grow, you learn to read your Bible for yourself, you learn to pray in your own life, you learn to not just view the church as, hey, we give you the spiritual stuff, you learn to connect with Jesus personally and daily. In a quiet time and we'll help you with that so uh you learn to give you learn to be generous with with uh what god is doing in the world and you thank god for how much he has given you and you give back to uh the local church you go and that's a ministry that you don't just come here and say what does the church have for me you come here and make this thing work and run uh i get questions all the time and people ask me hey what this i don't know the answer I I, because that that's that's not the ministries God has called me to we have so many people doing so many wonderful things here and God has a place for you and all that so we love we grow we give we go you connect with Jesus in that way if you're like I don't know how to do those things guess what this uh, we have classes that are connection classes that we walk you through each of those one at a time to make sure that you understand make sure that you know how to connect with Jesus and you You, you are hearing from God. You are hearing from God. Not, uh, it's important for you to hear from the word of God as I preach, but you are hearing from God in your quiet time. He's talking to you. That's what we want. That success in our church is for you to be connected with Jesus. Today we're going to look at Elijah and he's going to have this encounter with God. And I hope that you are like, you know what, that's what I want. I don't want to hear about god from someone else i want to meet god face to face i want to encounter god face to face today we're going to talk about what it looks like and what are some of the ways that you need to um, order your faith in order to have an encounter with god you you having an encounter with god what does that look like so today we're going to look at first kings chapter 19 uh beginning in verse 9 so elijah is the premier prophet of the old testament he has had a million uh, great things happening in fact we're going to talk about those in a second but all of a sudden he's had this incredible encounter with god and then he's fallen really quickly afterwards he's he's gotten depressed he's gotten discouraged he's not really uh, on the battlefield for christ he's kind of licking his wounds and and um bemoaning his situation and so he's going to have an encounter with god at this moment uh god wants to show him some things and you and i can learn a lot from this passage of how to have an encounter from, with god like what does it take what does it look like in some unique ways so uh first kings 19 verse 9 says he entered a cave there. He spent the night. Suddenly the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So Elijah replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I am left alone, and they are looking for me to take my life. And then he said, get out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by. So he's having this amazing encounter with God. A great and mighty wind was tearing the mountains and was shattering the cliffs before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle. He went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and it said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of armies, he replied. But the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they're looking for me to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go and return by the way you came, by the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you're to anoint Haziel as king over Aram. You're to anoint Jehu, uh, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, uh, that word, uh, as prophets in your place. (laughs) Come on, I'm from West Texas. I do not think—you're lucky I can read. Uh, And (laughs) so— I practiced, I practiced that word, (laughs) and I messed it up. All right, here we go. Um, Then Jehu will put to death whoever escapes from the sword of Haziel, and Elisha will put to death whoever escapes the sword of Jehu. But I will leave 7,000 in Israel, every knee that has not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. And so, Elijah has this amazing encounter with the Lord. You know, if you would know, like, my great prayer for river valley is that every one of us would connect with jesus hear his voice and do whatever he says every day that that would be just the most fan including me the most fantastic church in the history of the world every single one of us hearing god understanding and obeying him every single day lord jesus may it be so amen all right so what does it take to get there why elijah has this incredible encounter with the lord and i want to i want to highlight some of the things that are happening so first of all i want you to look at the question that he asked him in chapter in verse 9 and in verse 13 he says what are you doing here it's this great diagnostic question what are you doing here i mean like he's he's asking him hey hey where you at elijah how's it going but in a true sense, not just like, oh, no, it's fine. You know, it's like in the old days, uh, Christians would often ask, how's your soul? That's what, I mean, how, where are you, Elijah? Not, not geographically, yes, that, but, but where are you with me? And, and so, so, two things, if you're going to have an encounter with the Lord, it's going to take, number one, self-awareness. Self-awareness of what's going on with you. And that relationship can be greatly marred, uh, greatly hurt by you having sin in your life, you having lies in your life. We'll talk about that in a second. It's not that Jesus abandoned you at that point. It's not that He adopts you and unadopts you. But there is friction when you aren't right with God, and so that's what He's asking: Where are or what are you you doing here? It's self awareness. So. Here's, here's the way that you get self-awareness, you listen to your internal stories. You listen to your internal stories. You and I tell stories to ourselves about ourselves all the time. And we've got to listen to those stories. What is Elijah's story? He says it twice, exactly the same. He said it a million times to himself. Well, Lord, I'm very zealous, but I'm the only one. Everyone else has abandoned you. I'm the only one here. And then he says, and they're trying to kill me. He He says that twice, but he says it word for word the same. That's his internal story. That's what he's saying about his life. But he's not aware of some of the lies that he's saying in that. We'll go through those in a second. So here, you need to hear your stories, because it helps you understand where you are with God, and what lies you might be believing that are actually keeping you from the presence of God in your situation. So you really do kind of speak and think your reality into existence. I mean, you might be living in a world that, now I didn't say truth, I said reality, there's a difference. But you're living in a world, and the way you're interacting that world has a lot to do with what's going on in your head, how you're speaking and thinking about it. And so we've got to be careful that we've got to, from the get-go, not just come to to God and just tell him all these internal stories and go, you're right, I'm so sorry, Elijah. I I didn't know. know, No, God understands truth, but Elijah's believed a lie. Now, this happened to me. This happened to me. I have always—I don't know if you—if you grew up in church—I'd heard this this term all my life: root of bitterness. You ever heard that term? I heard that term. You—you'd know, be careful. A root of bitterness doesn't grow into up in your life. I am a—I am a very optimistic person. I'm very optimistic. I can look at myself in the mirror. Right now without a shirt on and think I am like three sit-ups away from being a major stud I, I mean, I'm, I am I, can't, I, I am optimistic to the core and so so here. Oh, this this been years ago, but I prayed a very specific prayer I prayed a, and I thought that God had to answer it because of the way I understood scripture and so I, I thought I, I prayed a very specific prayer and uh, not only did God not answer that prayer, every, I, I prayed for three specific things not to happen during a certain season of our life because I knew, I knew that uh, it was kind of financial in nature. I knew we couldn't afford it. I knew we were going through some things. And so I prayed for three very specific things not to happen. And within two weeks, all three of them happened. Uh, I, 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 in fact, I really didn't think it was that big of a a request because they weren't, it it wasn't like I saw them building. It was like all of a sudden they just happened. And and so what was interesting about that situation was um, how I responded to it. I responded by believing that the reason these things happened was because of some things that had happened in my past. And I started getting bitter. I started getting angry. I was angry at some things that had happened way in my past, and that was the reason that these things were happening. And I came to Melinda one day, and I said, here's the deal. I said, you know, we're going through this, this season It's pretty tough, and I'm saying these things to myself, and I know they're a lie. It wasn't like I was fooled into believing. I knew they weren't true, but I couldn't stop saying them, and I couldn't stop believing them. And I was getting, and I told her I'm getting angry and I'm getting bitter and, I, and I'm, I'm getting frazzled at, at, and I can't stop it. Like I, I can't, I can't, and, and I praise God in that moment uh, that even though I was, I was kind of messed up, but I, I was self-aware enough to know that I was. You know what one of the most amazing things about self-awareness is? And here, this is like going to liberate you so much. Because you're afraid if you acknowledge to God uh, that I'm messed up, that I'm believing a lie, that I'm addicted to this, or that I I can't get out of this, or these things are happening, and if you're afraid, then God's going to go, it's about time, we'll clean it up, fix it. And that's not what he says. He's not trying to get you to have self-awareness so that you can implement some sort of self-improvement program. That's not what Christianity is about at all. I mean, not even close. The story of Christianity is you're messed up and you can't fix yourself. And so when you come to Jesus and you acknowledge that you've got problems and sin, that self-awareness, he's like, oh, good. Now watch me change you. That's the story of Christianity. And I went and I got counseling, and I got freedom, and I got truth, and I don't believe those things anymore. They don't dominate my life. I have—I have—, I have I true, I mean, God, like in a moment, it's a, it's a really long story, but God in a moment freed me from the lie that I had believed. God in a moment freed me from the anger and the bitterness that I felt building up that I couldn't get rid of. If you're going to have an encounter with God, the worst thing that you can do is not be self-aware of the fact of why you need an encounter with God. Because he wants to free you and forgive you and cleanse you and protect you and change you you don't have to fix all the things that you are understanding you just have to see them so that you can bring them to god and then god watch watch god work in those situations and so i think that's helpful for you but you got to be careful here because some people come in especially if you're a guest with us let's be honest If you're new to Christianity, some people come in and they think this is the way I am and they want Christianity to stamp that you're okay. And they want you to feel, and that's the story of of so much of of the belief system of our day. It's like you can be anything, do anything, and that's all right. And that's, that's not what we do here. Let's be real honest. That's not what we do here at all. We put ourselves up against a holy God and we say, without his righteousness, holiness, and forgiveness, we are in a world of trouble. But he is great and greatly to be praised for his way that he forgives us. So, self awareness is where that starts. Number two, uh, what are you doing here? That's an actual geographical question, it's situational awareness. Where are you at? Where are you standing right now? What, what's going on? You're like, Elijah has, has run from God. We found out last week about 112 miles, has left everyone behind, has gone off by himself. He's living in a cave right now. And God is like, hey, what are you doing here? Why are you right here? And, and, and God doesn't want him there. In fact, God tells him, hey, repent. He says, go back the way you came to Damascus. You're not supposed to be here. This is not where you are supposed to be. And so you need to go back. That's what repentance is. Repentance is a picture of you going one way, realizing you're going the wrong way, and you turning around. Situational awareness is is that idea of like, man, some of the reason that I'm in this place, in this problem, is I have walked willingly into it. God didn't put me here. God sent people all along the way of going, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And I walked willingly. Here's one of my favorite sayings of all times. Uh, I stole it from somewhere, but I don't remember well where, but it is helpful. All right, here it is. Put this, uh, this next slide up there. Um, The first step towards getting out of a hole you're in is to put the shovel down I love that saying you're like i'm in such a hole. I'm in such a hole I'm in such a hole and god help me out of the hole and god's like let's stop digging the hole first Let's stop making the situation worse get out I mean you're like I can't get out of the hole. It's so deep and god's like that's true But let's stop making it deeper That's situational awareness. That's understanding of like I have made a series of bad mistakes, and now I'm asking God to forgive the consequences. And God's saying, "Let's work on your actions. Let's work on true repentance. You start doing right." I love love that idea. That's what we do. Uh, We'll we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper in a couple weeks. That's why at the, the beginning of these are why at the beginning of the Lord's Supper, He says, "Make sure and examine yourself. Make sure and look." Because the worst thing that you could do in the Lord's Supper would be come to Jesus and His forgiveness of sin and His blood spilled on our behalf as if you didn't need it. As if I was worthy to take it. No, no, no. We come to Jesus and we come to the Lord's Supper and we say, man, I have have really made a mess of this situation. And so, the first is a diagnostic question to kind of figure out where, what are you doing here? The second way to encounter God is to examine the internalized lies that you've believed. To look at the way that you have believed that, that truth is portrayed and it's portrayed in a lie. So I want us to look at the statement that Elijah says and I want us to look at, at the lies that he's believed. Let me, let me read it again Uh, For you he says it in verse 10 and again later. He says I've been very zealous for the Lord the God of the armies But the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've killed your prophets with the sword I alone am left and they're looking to take my life. So He has internalized several of of these lies now Lies are weird because most of the time lies are are embedded in uh, there There's a mixture of truth and lies so some of what he says is accurate, uh, it, it, but, but incomplete. And so I want us to look at what he's actually saying here and in the internalized lies that, that we can believe because they keep us uh, from acknowledging and really and truly encountering God. First, he, first of all, he says, so he says, all the Israelites have abandoned God. So, so the first internalized lies that he believes is he is living in the past. He is living in the past. In other words, what he says was true a few weeks ago, but it's no longer true. It's drastically different. He stood up on Mount Carmel, you remember, and he called down the fire, and the people of God turned back to him. The people of God repented. The Bible says there were, there were many up there, so, so all of these leaders are up there, and they see their wickedness, and they see that they followed a false god. They go home, and they tell their families, and so— Yes, there was a time very recently that a lot of people were not serving the Lord, but that's not true anymore In fact, uh, Israel at this point is experiencing revival People are coming back to God all over the place, but he's living in this I'm the only one, everyone else is not serving you That's not true, that's a lie that he's believed That might have been true in the past, but it's not true now you and I have got to be careful about living in the past lives because that will keep us from the truth of God. Now, I'm going to be really, really careful here. Some of you in the past have experienced tremendous, tremendous trauma, neglect, abuse. Um, I, I don't want to in any way minimize that. And I don't want you to hear me from this passage just say, just get over it. That, that would be cruel. Uh, and, and that's not what i'm saying all right what i am saying is that we can live in those so much as if that is that that past event or past people or past experiences dictate our lives in the future and that's all there is and that's what we're left with and that's not true that's not true jesus christ can set us free jesus christ can bring wholeness and healing when we are broken and hurt. Jesus Christ can use even the pain of our past. I didn't say he caused that. I said he can use that pain to bring healing and forgiveness to others as well, through your testimony, through what he has uh, encountering or encouraging you to overcome in your life. So I'm not saying just, you know, let it go. Please don't hear me. And a lot of times it takes some real, some real specialized counseling and stuff to learn how to work through those things. But I am saying that this is a, the, God's mercies are new every day, and you don't have to live in those things dragging you down and dictating who you will be in the future. That's the wonderful story of Christianity. That's my testimony uh, that, that God forgave and set me free, and God allows me to be here as your pastor with such a rough background of walking away from the Lord. But those things don't define me anymore. The, Jesus Christ does. So, be careful if what happened in your past, if, be careful if, if that um, is just dictating everything and you think, well, this is as good as it's going to get, this is as far as I can go, this is all that's left. Um, the, the, man, those are lies. Those are lies. Jesus is amazing and wonderful. And lest we forget, this is Elijah. This is the premier prophet of the Old Testament. And we're watching him right now, right now, uh, encounter God in the this- Wonderful way. Jesus wants to do the same for you. So the first the first lie is he's living in the past The second one is he says I'm all alone. I call this a false narrative a false narrative, you know how you say this story uh, uh, like he he like you 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 rehearse the story. Well, this happened and then this happened and this happened again. It's it's sort of true, but it's incomplete and it's not accurate uh, completely. This that's what he's he's saying. And his narrative is I'm all alone. Well, first of all, he left his servant and he walked away from the people of God. So so yes, at this moment you're all alone. But what he's really saying is like I'm the only, this is it. Like there's no other godly people around me. He knows that's not true because he Obadiah and Obadiah says, "I've got a hundred prophets, basically a hundred preachers uh, who are still godly." And God corrects him again in the second. And god says, "Here, there's seven thousand who hadn't bowed a knee uh, to, to to a false god in Israel still." And he's saying, "And now there's all these people coming back. It's not true. He's not the only one." It's absolutely, it's a false narrative. He's telling himself a story that just isn't true, that just isn't accurate, that just isn't real in his life. And so, so be careful in, in that. If you're, um, Sometimes we're living in the past, and therefore we tell a false narrative. And I'm here to tell you there is freedom from sin. If you are uh, caught up in sin, there is freedom for sin from sin for you and Jesus Christ. I, uh, I talked to you last week uh, and and mentioned it again uh, of, of you know that I, I fairly regularly do counseling. I have to watch a lot of things in my life, um, and uh, to to kind of keep my anxiety and depression kind of focused. And so a lot of you uh, you know said you really appreciate that, and 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 I hope that's encouraging to you because you you can you can live in in a sense where you don't. Uh, there was a moment where I thought I don't know that I can do anything. Like I, I don't know how to get out of this. And I, and I was saying some things that weren't true to myself in my life. And, and uh, I'm, I'm here to, man, like I'm sitting here at the dawn of this really strange time in my life where, where I still feel very uh, young, I still feel very energetic. Uh, my children are now—I'm about to be an empty nester, and, and, and I feel like God is giving me more time, more energy, uh, as soon as I can get them off the payroll, more money. Uh, I mean, you know, like, I, I, I'm like, I'm like four years away from being rich. I mean, like I told you the other day, like, you, I mean, I'm talking like, I'm making it rain money. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And so— um, and, and so I've got this brand new thing happening to me, and I, I'm so excited about the future. I'm so excited about what the Lord has done for me. I'm so excited about where he is. And, and I want you to know that, uh, not because I'm special, because I want you to know where I've come from. And if you're the one that's saying, this is as good as it gets, this is all there is. Well, God, God doesn't want to do that in my life, or God can't do that in my life, or whatever it is, the false narrative that you're saying in your life, let me tell you what your best most wonderful, most enjoyable, most glorious days can be ahead, regardless of your past. Truly, I believe it with all my heart. I believe that that's something that Jesus can and wants to do in your life. I'm not saying everything's perfect. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that your purpose can be restored, your vision, your renewal. There's great and wonderful days ahead. Don't listen to some sort of thing that says, well, that's not for me. That's not who I am. That's not no. That's a that's a lie. That's a a story that you're telling yourself. It's just not true. The last one, the last internalized lies. He says, "I've been zealous at the very beginning," which is true. And then they're looking to take my life. You know what he's actually saying? That's not fair. It's not fair. It's just it's not fair. My, my kids, that my kids were so big on it, it's not fair growing up. My kids, hey, how come he got the last ice cream bar or what, you know, or actually, how come you got the last ice cream bar, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and uh, or, you know, how come she gets to do this or he gets to do this? And my answer was always the same because we love them more. And I, I mean, we always said that, you know, like some sort of, like, we live in this world like, well, how come they're getting blessed by God and I'm not, how come they're having this, how come you know, and. And he he's, he feels like God should really show up in his life, doesn't he? I mean, you get it. You've been there. It's not fair. I'm going through a tough time right now. I'm going, and I didn't. Uh, the the worst is like I didn't cause this. Like I, you, you know, like like uh, you know, we so many people got affected by COVID so much, and it's just like you don't you you're, you're blaming like a disease, like not not even an entity, and you're like it's just not fair. I, and and that's. True in the sense that, like, man, what happened to you is, is hard, or what's happening to you is hard. There's no doubt about that. But it's not fair, is this idea of not really seeing what's happening with God, and this idea of kind of living in this, well, because I've uh, done this in my life, this is the way that God should respond to me, and he should give me ease and comfort and money and prosperity and health and fantastic relationships from now till the end of my life it's basically what he's saying and and that that's that's that doesn't it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way in christianity there are moments of hardship and persecution not just because it's the human condition but because we're believers in jesus christ and we learn to um uh Pour into God at that moment, that we don't chase circumstances, we chase Jesus. Think about Elijah's life. Elijah heard from God. Elijah prayed it wouldn't rain, it did. Elijah prayed it would rain, and it did. Elijah, uh, was able was fed by god for for weeks elijah uh had a uh, a never-ending supply of food at the widow's house that he saw every day replenished it's a miracle elijah prayed that a dead boy would come back to life it was or elijah prayed that the god god would come down uh in fire and it was an angel appears to him multiple times to tell him the word of the lord elijah has got i mean a lot of connection with god and here we find another one man and yet he's like but but they're mad at me. I mean, but they're, they're chasing me. It's, it's, it's this idea of like, it's not fair. No, no, no. What you've got is so amazing, Elijah. Don't lose it. God is speaking to you. God is showing up in your life in a regular basis. Don't look for anything else because we're not looking for fair. We're looking for grace. We're looking for mercy. We're looking for the presence of God. So God shows up. I want to show you something really quickly that I love about this passage. Uh, God shows up, and, and the actual encounter with God um, happens, and he says, well, first, there's a great wind, So, so, but this wind is so mighty that it shatters cliffs, so it's—I mean— uh, if it's like it's just an actual wind i mean it's unbelievable it's probably more like a like a tornado or something because it actually shatters things i had a friend that actually lived through the 1979 wichita falls f5 uh uh tornado it's a mile wide and uh he says he was a little boy but he says what i remember is just how loud it was it's just oh, you know just overwhelming he was he and his mom A grandma hid in a closet in the middle of Wichita Falls. They said they got into a closet in the middle of this house. When they opened the closet, the house was gone. The, The closet was left. That was it. I mean, God saved him. I mean, literally the closet was standing, but the house was gone around him. And he says, I just remember how loud it was you ever talked to someone who's lived through, a, through an earthquake and the shaking and the things falling and, and, and Elijah's experience of that? We, some of us you've experienced the fire if you were here uh, you in know, 2011 in the fires. I mean, just remember standing out and, and, and looking at, at that wall of fire. Do you remember how scary that was? I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable, that massive wall of, of smoke. And then every once in a while, you'd see that fire coming out of it. Uh, me and a couple of friends one night uh, we really rednecked it pretty bad, and we were living in Tahitian, and we snuck back in uh, when you weren't supposed to go in, and because we wanted to check on our houses, and uh, I'll never forget, like, we got in the middle, and there was like, there was trees on fire on both sides of the road in some of the places that we were driving, and uh, and I wasn't like, this is awesome. I said, we're gonna die and no one's gonna feel sorry for us because we're stupid. We should not be here. I mean, it was it was so scary. And my friend was like, I know, and, you know I, like, I mean, I was like, I know, you know, like we're gonna die. And, and, and it was, it was, it was so, so scary, so frightening. And uh I, I see all of those things. But did you see what happened with Elijah? I mean, he heard the wind, he he saw the earthquake, he saw, and he saw the fire. But nothing rattled him, and then when God when God spoke, he, he covered his face. God's voice is mightier than the most powerful uh, you know, forces on earth. God's voice is 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 unbelievable. But here's here's the the way I worded it: We live in a shouting world, but we serve a whispering God, and we really do. We live in a world that just just clamors for our attention that just shouts look at me look at me look at me look at me listen 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 you know all the time breaking news breaking there's like 24 hours of breaking news all the time you know and 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 it's a world that shouts at us and god says if you want to hear my voice you've got to turn out the shouting because i'm a whisperer i'm not going to compete with all of those other things I'm going to speak when you are are alone. That's why the Bible says, go alone into your inner room, close the door. It's just me and you. And when you shut out the world and you leave your phone in the other room, and you don't, you know, try to multitask being with God, then 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 he, He shows up. But you gotta be quiet. You gotta open the word. The Bible says that God spoke the word of the Lord came to God. This Bible is the word of the Lord. And he shut out the world and all this shouting. And guess what? God spoke. God spoke. But he had to break through some lies. He had to break through um, uh, some, some helping Elijah understand that he needed God, some self-awareness, some situational awareness. And God spoke to him, and he wants to do that with you. He really and truly does. He wants to speak with you. You've got to, got to learn to sh- cut out the shouting, and you've got to learn to approach Him in truth. And when you need grace, tell Him. Now, I'm going to end different today. How many of you have been to River Valley in, for 10 years or more? Raise your hand. 10 years or more, all right? So, you know, these, these people can tell you almost verbatim how the rest of the sermon goes. All right, because I mean I just sort of like hey, jesus loves you He wants to forgive your sins Uh, you know, he died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He was raised I mean, it's not spectacular in the 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 format that I do Uh, it's spectacular in the power of the story But i'm gonna do it from a d i'm gonna do it from a prophet standpoint today So even if you've been here 10 years or more Don't switch out because you ain't never heard nothing like this. All right, so I want you to look at what God tells Elijah to do. He Go and anoint three, uh, two kings and one, Elisha who will take over for him, but three men in general. And he says, he says, they're going to kill the enemies of God. That's what he says. He's very, very clear at this point. So I often end with God loves you and wants to forgive you. And that's absolutely true. And that tends to be more of my personality. But I'm going to end the way that this text ends today because we can't do any different. This is what God tells us. It is absolutely and totally true that God will destroy his enemies. And I'm talking about people who are against him. God does not want that for your life. Jesus came to set you free from sin and death and hell, Jesus died on the cross for your sins jesus proved his power in the resurrection but if you reject jesus or if you come in with an idea for jesus that this is the way i am and i want you to just sprinkle it's all fine then the bible is very explicit that he will destroy his enemies and if you turn your back to god then he will let you go it's not what he wants it's not what he designed but he will and there is a real punishment There's a real judgment that comes in the last days for those who have rejected the grace of Jesus Christ of which you are now accountable because you are hearing it right now. And if you reject Jesus, if you say no to his offer of forgiveness and his offer of eternal life, if you tell him that I'll do it sometime later, or I don't like the way you do this, or what about this, and you reject who he is as if you are God and as if you get to design your future, then there is a judgment coming. There is a punishment coming, and Christ will destroy his enemies in the last day. And you're not hearing clapping right now from our people, because we hate it. We do not want you to suffer eternally. We love you, and we want you to encounter eternal life. So this is not—we're not the church that's going, yeah, get rid of the bad people. Hell no, we're not. We are the church that says Jesus is the only way. Do not reject who He is. Do not reject His offer of salvation. You do. Punishment and death is coming. And by that, we mean an eternity in hell without him. Never ending, never ceasing. A lake of fire, the Bible describes it. Eternal torment and suffering. Absence from the presence of the wonder of God. While those who have accepted his forgiveness live eternally in heaven. Don't turn from that. Do not turn from that. Please. Please. We, man, we truly, truly believe it. We believe that we deserve it. The only reason that we don't have it is because of the grace of God. God will destroy his enemies. Make sure that you are a child of God. I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes right where you're at. I hope I scared you. But you can't go to heaven because you're scared. And you can't go to heaven because you don't want to go to hell. Anyone who saw either heaven or hell would want heaven. That's not how you get in. Jesus died so that you don't have to. Jesus died to forgive your sins, past, present, and future. Jesus um, was committed to the ground. He was in the grave. He came alive on the third day. Jesus loves you. Turn from yourself, turn from your sin, turn from your ways and offer your, Jesus, I want to give you my life. Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him be the savior of your soul. Instead of condemnation and judgment, receive grace and forgiveness. The Bible talks about not only do we get that, you get rewards in heaven. How It's so crazy. Let Jesus forgive your sins and set you free today. You can do it. I I cannot do it. You acknowledge your sin. If you'll acknowledge your sin right now, just not I'm a sinner. Think of your sin. If you will, tell him I don't deserve this, but I'm going to humbly ask you to forgive that. watch his death on the cross for your sin that's why he died for my sin and your sin and if you will declare i want you to be the lord of my life god like i'm going to follow you jesus then you can have eternal life
0: thank you for listening i pray that the message gave you hope that you were inspired, you were challenged. Now I wanna also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church slash give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.